0: Um, Collingwood's well-known live music venue, the Tote Hotel, is for sale with a price tag of 6 to $6.5 million. Dollars. Oh. Jane Gazzo, we love speaking to Jane, music journal. That would suggest to me that if it sells for $6.5 Jane, it's not going to be a place where you can go and listen to Amelia play the flute. It's going to become a block of apartments.
1: Please, I implore Melbourne not to let the Tote become a block of apartments. This is a legendary and iconic venue, which is part of Melbourne's rich live music culture and our history. It was, it was built in 1870, Russ and Russ. It, you know, it's been t- trading as the Tote since 81. We need this live music venue more than ever. And I'm really sad to hear that the current owners feel like they have to let it go. Hey, Jane, have they changed the carpet since 1870? Listen, your shoes still do stick to the carpet, <laughs> and the urinals still smell a little bit gross, but, uh, you know, as far as a live music venue and rich yeah. in culture and history, you know, the tote really does have a special place in all of our hearts.
0: Does it does have any heritage listing, Jane?
1: It should have a heritage listing. Can we make it happen? Do you think Do you think, Creative Evolution listeners can help us get a heritage listing? Because it needs one. All right,
0: will you start us off by telling us who's appeared there over the years.
1: Oh, my goodness. I mean, these are probably artists you've never heard of, but I'll I'll try the audience. People like Mudhoney, Sonic Youth, Evan Dando from the Lemonheads, Powderfinger, Jets, Spiderbait, UMI, Courtney Barnett, and my personal favourite, Paul Kelly.
0: All right. That'll get the job done. What was it called before it was called The Tote?
1: Uh, That's a really good question, actually. I can't remember because I wasn't around then. But
0: someone will. Someone will. 133693. What was The Tote called before it was The Tote? Jane, I hear yeah, that the, uh, I read that the uh, the current owners are exhausted. Um, so, hopefully, um, we can find some people that are enthusiastic about keeping the
1: tide going. Listen, we saved the tote once in 2010. I don't know if you remember, but the uh, government had these archaic licensing laws, which basically meant, meant back then that you needed, like, they, they changed all the laws to basically say that you needed security guards every time you had a folk band playing in a corner or something. Anyway, we saved the tote from closure in 2010. I think we can save it again. I think it deserves to be saved. It really does.
0: Okay, and um, are people, you know, post-COVID, Joan, are people, mm. uh, is it back to where it was? I don't, mean, I don't mean, I don't mean, sorry, I don't mean the toad, I mean the music, the live music scene.
1: Look, the the music scene is getting back on its feet. Look, it was the it was the first industry to shut in COVID. The first industry to shut. Can you believe that? And we were the last to open when everything was going back to normal. So look, it's been a slog. It has been hard. You know, uh, the living costs and uh, you know taxes on alcohol and all the rest of it haven't helped. You know, I wish they would give us a reprieve at some point. But look, we are getting back on our feet. Artists are getting out there. People are going out again. I think that's really important. And um, something like the tote, which has been part uh, as I said, of our history since 1870. It deserves to stay. It, we oh. don't want to see more apartment blocks in Collingwood. We don't need any more.
0: Um, it was Healy's Hotel, Jane, Then in 1873 it would change its name to the Ivanhoe Hotel. That's and the,
1: right, the Ivanhoe, yes.
0: And the reason it's called the Tote is because that was the famous fictionalised ah. hotel in Frank Hardy's novel Power Without Glory. Mm. It was I, called the Tote. I,
1: I actually heard that there was a se- there's a secret burrow, like a secret tunnel from the tote that goes to somewhere over the street. I I'm not sure if it's Wellington or or some, maybe someone can help. But basically, all the bookies and the gangsters back in the day used to, when when the police were coming, because you weren't allowed to gamble and and mm. and you know do those unsavoury things back then, uh, they used to run away when they knew the police were coming, and there was a tunnel built underneath that that led to. Uh, somewhere down further.
0: Good on you, Jane. Always lovely to talk. Jane Gazzo, Music Journal. Uh, speaking of which, SP Bookmaking used to thrive, of course, in uh, Melbourne largely until the TAB was invented. And Sly's father was the head of licensing gaming advice and he was after Victoria's leading SP bookmaker. I won't use his name. It's a, uh, he's a very fine fellow and it's a very famous name. Um, but uh, Sly's dad was much intent on catching him. And uh, at, at a pub one day, they all lined up for a raid, um, Sly's dad with all his police behind him, and they crawled around the corner to go and do the raid. And the SP bookmaker was standing there, leaning on the wall, smoking <laughs> a cigarette. And he said, G'day, what are you doing? And Sly's dad said, Wasting my effing time. <laughs> it is five minutes away.